Hello and welcome to the 7th Avenue Project. This is Robert Polly here, inviting you to join us for a musical edition of the show today. This one highlighting the music of North Africa with Mohamed Awalu and Fatah Abu. Both are originally from Morocco. Now they live in Santa Cruz, California, where they perform with their band, Azah. I've long admired their playing, so I was delighted to get them into the studio for some conversation and a mini-concert. And as you'll hear, their music combines a number of influences from various traditions they grew up with, especially that of their own ethnic group, the Emeziran. Those are the indigenous people of the region. And uh, before we get started here with a song from Muhammad and Fatah, I should mention that uh, in the broadcast version of this show, we had to abbreviate some of the performances. But uh, here in this online edition, you'll hear the long play versions. So listen and enjoy. Money, 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 money
عاولين ويوفقكم رجل مندوش وغنى في سورانك هدف عاولين ويوفقكم رجل مندوش وغنى في سورانك هدوري فاقني رزميان عاولين ويوفقكم رجل مندوش وغنى في سورانك يا فاقني رزميان ماني 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 سوس نواما ماني 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 سوس نواما ماني 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 سوس نواما ماني 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 الله 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 First of all, guys, Mohammed and Fatah, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having Thanks us. for having us here. And what was that beautiful song we just heard, Fatah? Well, the name of the song is Many Many. It literally translates to where, where. And it's a song that uh, Muhammad and I composed um, and recorded a few years back uh, in our second album, Tamgharawushan. And um, our idea from that song is to, um, we wanted to make a song that's really close to traditional music from the Atlas Mountains and the desert also. So we put that together, then we were, uh, we love some uh, Sufi chanting also. I mean, we were inspired from all these kinds of music, so we put something that encompasses um, all these different dimensions of, of, of the music in North Africa. You two are from uh, the Atlas Mountains in Morocco? Yes, yes, the High Atlas Mountains. The High Atlas I'm Mountains. from a place uh, southeast of uh, Marrakesh. It's called Werzezet. And a lot of people ask me, where is it at? And I tell them it's where it's at. <laughs> so, and Fatah is from uh, Imintanut, which is also in the High Atlas. You can talk yes. about it. Yeah, it's southwest of Marrakesh in the High Atlas Mountains also. It's a small little town slash village. So mm. <laughs> it's in between. Yeah. Now, I think, yeah. think most Americans um, think of Morocco as an Arab nation, just part of that. Arab world, so-called. Mm -hmm. But you two are not Arabs. You're both Berbers. Is that right? Yes, definitely. Well, uh, North Africa in general, um, the indigenous people are 
what's known to the world as Berbers, but the real term is Imaziran. It means free people. Imaziran? Imaziran. Imaziran. Yes. And we were called um, Berbers because of the Romans and the Greek that called everybody who's outside their civilization at that time barbaros barbarians <laughs> oh boy so i used to i used a not very good term so the world still uses the term berber but yes because actually like the the indigenous people of north africa imaziran people they stay they were there you know since the dawn of history for thousands of years so a lot of uh, people came and and left like the romans the phoenicians you know, the the Vandals and then the, the Arabs. So the, when the Arabs came, they just picked up the same name, but they called it Barabira instead. And then after the Arabs, the French, Berber. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you went to English as Berbers, Berber. But, uh, I mean, that, as Fatah said, that word is not, that's not what we use to, right. you know, to, to, refer, to, to refer to ourselves. So, Imeziren. Uh, Imeziren. Which means free people, and the language that we speak is called Temezirt. Temezirt, yes, is a language. Um, was that the language we just heard, Temezirt? Yes, the exactly. language of the Emezirin. Exactly, that's the language of the Emezirin. Occasionally, yeah. in this interview, as we go along, I'll remind listeners that when I say Emezirin or you say it, we mean what most people mean when they say Berber. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the Arabs came along in the seventh century. Yes invading parts of North Africa, spreading mm -hmm. out from mm -hmm. areas east. Yes, definitely. I mean, when the Arabs came, it's like snowballing, you know. It's not necessarily that the Arabs really invaded all North Africa. I would say they started in the east of North Africa. But the Berbers that get converted, they join the army and they believe in the... Um, you know, in the mission of spreading Islam, then it just starts going. But actually, the Arabs remained the elite. Of course, history is never fair to mm. the masses. Mm. It always talks about the elite. So that's why you always, a lot of people think that um, North Africans are Arabs. Mm -hmm. But they, but they're they're not. I mean, well, some are, some aren't. Right? Yes, some. Yeah. So I I would say I would I would say that a minority are, yes. uh, is Arab. I have read that. Morocco is something around 75% Emiziran, mm -hmm. not Arab. Mm -hmm. Is the king, Muhammad VI, is he Arab or Emiziran? Half. Half Arab. Half and, Arab. And, and uh, 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 his, his mother is uh, Temezicht or Berber, if you like. Uh -huh. yes. yeah. yeah. But his father, the king, is a descendant of the prophet Muhammad. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I mean, their whole lineage... But in general, it's yeah. the, the ruling elites in, in Morocco and other North African countries are Arab. Yes. Well, I mean, not necessarily because this, is, this thing, again, um, like uh, if we go back to history, the thing of Arab nationalism or what they call Pan-Arabism, it started not long ago in, in, uh, you know, as a political agenda because before it was not even a question of that. You know, actually most of North Africa except Morocco was under the Ottoman Empire. Mm -hmm. So the Ottoman Empire, it's an empire that has so many ethnicities in it. And it really didn't enforce their culture, like the Turkish culture and stuff like that. They regarded themselves as Muslims and all the others. So the issue actually of Arabism 
as a political agenda started only with the Pan-Arabists. This is just in late 40s, 50s, and really with Jamal Abdel Nasser and people of that, Egypt, yeah. Egypt at yeah. that time that really tried to actually create what's called the Arab world. From that, there was a lot of other people that are from the same school, like like Qaddafi of Libya. Mm-hmm. These people that you know try to create an illusion that actually didn't exist in reality, and creating what is called the Arab world from the Gulf to the. Mm-hmm. To the Atlantic Ocean. It, it's interesting that when then a lot of Westerners, Americans included, um, have this simplified worldview that most of the Middle East is Arab. End of story. They're really picking up on um, a narrative that was invented in the middle of the 20th century by Nasser and others. A really recent idea. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And yet they believe it. So do you guys get confused with Arabs all the time? People say, oh, you're from Morocco, you're Arab. All the time. Does it, does it frustrate you? In the beginning. But yeah, I mean, but, yeah, you know, it, it does. It is frustrating. But you know what's more frustrating is that when some Imazirin refer to themselves as Arabs, like, you know, in, in whole North Africa, like people have become so Arabist that they say, we Arabs, you know, mm. they, they say that you hear that a lot, especially mm. in Tunisia and Libya, because, you know, in Libya, Qaddafi had a certain... If, you know, he, he he refused to acknowledge that the people, the Libyan people are Berbers. He said, you guys came from the Middle East and you're Arabs, we're just reuniting now, you know. Mm. you, And it was even, Tamazight, the language was banned in the street. You know, you speak Tamazight. In Libya? In Libya, yeah. How about in Morocco? Th- have there been repressive measures um, well, I mean, Morocco is relatively um, ahead in North Africa in in terms of the rights of the of Imaziran. Uh, I mean, we have to give you know them credit for for, for that, even though it's n- it's not enough. You know, it's not enough. When the Arabs invaded in the seventh century and then in succeeding centuries, they were spreading Islam. Yes. Yes. And and the. Emaziran were converted to Islam almost yes. entirely, yes? yes? Yes, definitely. So so you're all Muslims now, is that right? Uh, 98%, I would say, of North Africans are Muslims. We have other minorities, you know, Jews and Christians. Uh, but, uh, yeah, throughout the, the history, yeah, the, the Islam was like the predominant religion you know, in North Africa. What was the Emazir religion before Islam? Well, uh, you know, the Emaziran, they at a certain point, they were Jewish. They also converted to Christianity when, the, you know, the Christendom was spreading all over the world. And actually, St. Augustine's mother is Temazicht. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so they just, uh, I'm sure they went through their uh, paganistic, animistic, uh, you know, phase before the monotheistic religions. But they, yeah, they embraced all these monotheistic religions. And, the, you know, the late one is Islam, and uh, we're Muslims, yes. So St. Augustine, famous uh, Christian theologian, uh, yes. had some uh, emizirt or yeah. Temazirt yes. background. Yes. I've read that a lot of famous people have this background, Berber or, or Temazirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. Edith Piaf, the famous French singer. Did you know her mother? Was yes. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Algerian. yes, yeah. Part Berber. Kabyle. Yes, yeah. yeah, from Kabyl. Kabylian. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really um, important to note that the relationship of Imaziran with religions in general, it's, it's very peculiar. They, they would take a religion and they would either add to it or modify it in order to really go along with their customs. The, the, the Imaziran are people that it's really hard for them to give up their customs throughout the history. So even though in so many instances the customs and traditions that they have, they actually contradict the teaching of any religion that they were converted to, they still maintain. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. What survives of that, those older traditions? What evidence do you see in the traditions that the Emeziran still practice? Oh, so, so many things. From, from tattoos, from the dress, you know, from the social structure, you know, and uh, a relationship between people, between the uh, family, between the tribe, uh, all that stuff, you know, is, is, is there. And, uh, and uh, the most important thing that we still have is the language, Temezicht. You know, like Imaziran were speaking that language when the, uh, the pharaohs, you know, e the Egyptians, and it survived all these invaders, all these cultures, all these empires, you know. Thousands of yeah. years old. And, and uh, of the language in itself carries all this, all this imagery, all this culture, all these beliefs, all this. And that's actually our treasure, is our language. Mm. The music, too, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what we just heard, it did not sound like Arabic music to me. I really felt it was there was something different about it. Yes. I even hear parts of what is called the Sahel, that part of Africa. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. people who know Malian music mm -hmm. might hear yes, a little yes, bit of that. Yes. So there's a real feeling of North Africa. Yes. Um, speaking of music, let's hear another piece. Okay. Okay. So, Fatah, I see that you have taken up uh, an instrument. Uh, it's a bowed instrument. You could say it looks like an ancestral violin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Well, it's it's called um, either ribeb, ribeb, or or amzad mm. in, in the south, and it's an instrument that's played in the high atlas music and uh, the Saharan music also. It's a very ancient instrument um, used by uh, Imaziran. And uh, as you said, it's a bowed instrument, and um, the the string is one string. It's it's like a horsehair. It's mm -hmm. like what you would see in a violin uh, bow, and the bow um, has um, same actually string. So uh, and it's a fretless instrument. Uh, mainly, mainly we play pentatonic uh, scales in it, like, uh -huh. uh, based on five notes, and mixing the octaves. And uh, it, it sounds like a wind instrument, actually, uh -huh. but it is a string instrument. There, there are one-stringed uh, bowed instruments with thick horsehair strings like this, all over yes. Europe and, and yes. Asia as well. Yeah, it's. it's Did they all come from? You think from something like this? Uh, from I, North Africa? I, I can't really say. I, I, yeah. I know that the early, the medieval predecessor to the violin was called Rebek, mm. and this is Rebab. Rebab I mean, there's yes, obviously yeah. a relationship. Yeah, a relationship, mm. yes. Yeah. And Mohammed, you're going to be playing acoustic guitar, uh, yes. as you did on the last piece. What are you going to be playing? Uh, we're going to play this uh, piece that, uh, again, it's uh, one of our compositions, and uh, um, 
we try to use this instrument in it and use actually the scales that they play uh, in this instrument and uh, mix it with 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 the uh, interesting style of guitar that Muhammad um, uh, plays and the song is called Tazwit which is it means the bee the bee so it talks about the journey of a bee but um, you know in in Damazikh music um, uh, it's all about poetic imagery so sometimes it's like a painting you really talk about a scene uh, of an animal or something you know that has a meaning uh, to people but you can make all kinds of interpretations oh uh, we'll talk it. about that after yes. we hear it <laughs> so we're going to hear this piece you just named it is the B Tezwit Tezwit by Fatah Abu and Mohammed Awelu uh, co-founders of Azam <laughs> Tazwitira, damn, damn, 
يبر زوين خطودرتيت فارتن مي يغرزي دوري مديان تهمنتي ويلي زدرنا يا ديشان تهمنتي ويلي زدرنا يا ديشان تهمنتي أريسلاي ذودا ساحلي يزم خلو ما ديكيس فهلنا غير في الناختي هيراقي Beautiful. Um, this is one you composed. Um, would you say, Fatan Mohammed, that this still sounds like traditional Emeziran music, or is this one representative of all kinds of influences? I, I would say this is definitely a very, you know, traditional. You know, even the the singing, the melody, everything. Even if you hear the chords in the background with the guitar, but it's still, it's still a very traditional song to me it really sounds very yeah very old like tell me about your guitar style Fatah mentioned a moment ago mm -hmm. you have a particular guitar style where's that come from it came from uh, just playing I started playing this instrument that Fatah played too it's a string instrument that you pluck it's like a guitar oh. but it's made out of uh, just like an empty uh, uh, what would you call it for that? You know, like oh yeah, yeah, the tin can. We we yeah, get like, like a tin can, oh, okay. yeah, a tin like can, a, and we yeah. make. We, we both started we on tin can. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, my father made my first one, and it's a it's an instrument that you uh, you pluck it just like a guitar, uh -huh. and sometimes it has three strings or four strings. So, when you start, you, you know, you you're used to playing that style. After a while. You know, you discover there's a guitar, there's a banjo, there's a mandolin, there's all these. But you always have your, uh, like, yes, I play chords like a C and a major and a G. and But I, I'm very influenced with my, the, the Moroccan style of playing. Mm. So you mix that with whatever, because uh, at a certain point in my life, I played a lot of uh, uh, Western music. I played in hotels and restaurants and we covered... The Beatles, the Eagles, the you name it, you know, all the Western 60s and 70s rock and roll or whatnot. But I couldn't, you know, get rid of my uh, Moroccan style of, I, I never use a pick, I play with my fingers. And I also have different tunings mm -hmm. of the guitar that, that uh, mm. you know, we use for the compositions and what uh, we do in Azal. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, Fatah, you were playing the rabab, this bowed instrument that we were just describing. Is it true that you've, you taught yourself to play that instrument? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, oh, only a few years back. Um, <laughs> it, that instrument has been around me for, for forever, but I, I never really, um, I mean, I love the sound, but I never really put so much interest. I guess when you're, you're um, like an immigrant somewhere, you seem to have this nostalgia to certain things, all things that you took for granted later on. Actually, I learned this instrument living here. Then I just decided I wanted one, and you know, um, then I started like um, just teaching myself. I mean, most of the instruments that I played, and so is Muhammad also, were self-taught. So um, we, self-taught. Yeah, self-taught. Yeah. And uh, you play an extraordinary range of instruments. I mean, just here in the studio, uh, we have an oud, which we heard on the first piece. We have the rabab, which we just heard. We have a banjo, which hopefully we'll hear soon guitar mm-hmm. that Muhammad was playing, uh, another instrument that I think is known as a mandala uh, in Europe. Uh, and you say, what's it called in North Africa? Mandol. Mandol, so yes, s- similar name. Yes. And uh, I've heard you also play violin. Yes. Self-taught also? Yes. <laughs> That's not an easy instrument. It, it is not. Well, <laughs> I would say like all these instruments that they play also, um, I wouldn't consider myself like like, the, you know, a classically trained in it with all the technique that's supposed to be done for every instrument. I pick up an instrument, I have a background of music, and I figure out my own technique and my own style of playing it. Mm. Like, when I play a oud, uh, if, if, like, a classical oud player, um, they, they would definitely notice that I'm not a classical... Uh, I, I put yeah. my technique and my way of interpretation mm. Mm. into, I, I like sounds of these instruments, then I, I play them my own way. Mm. Of course, I, 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 you know, I respect certain um, uh, rules of pay, playing these instruments, like the tuning and stuff like that, uh, but I, I do have my own way of, of playing them. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. so you mentioned, Fatah, earlier that this song we just heard, um, which is called The Bee, about the the wanderings, the travels of a bee. Yeah? Yes, yes. Does we? It might be a metaphor. Well, um, I have to cr- give credit for the person who writes lyrics from time to time to us. Is my cousin uh, Muhammad. We we had a band in Morocco. Him and I and Muhammad and my brothers. Um, we we played um, traditional music in this band called Imdiazin, and he's just this incredible. Um, uh, poet or uh, songwriter. I mean, he writes lyrics. And um, this song was written um, when we were at the university. And uh, it was really tough, rough times, you know, at the university in Morocco. So you go, um, you know, it's really hard, I mean, to just to go to school. And, you know, sometimes... You we mean go financially? Or? Financially, yes. Oh. Sometimes we have to go without food for <laughs> a couple of days and stuff like that. And we were just like really... Um, uh, it, it was uh, very frustrating because all these efforts that you put in and, you know, uh, there's just no no horizon or no future at that time. So he's doing this comparison between a student uh, who has so much potential, he's making all these contributions, but we don't see any outcome. It's compared to this bee that wanders from, from uh, uh, flower to flower, uh, you know, she puts all this honey, 
but he says we never see the honey you know it's somebody else that takes it and somebody else so it definitely talks about you know what was going on in 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 third world countries in general you know how how you know the politics of it so that's what the song is about is it still that way are things still limited in that way in morocco I think everything is relative with what's been happening right now in North Africa. We're pretty, we're happier with how Morocco is handling everything, you know, in in a very um, uh, mostly peaceful way. So these days, we definitely we're we're happier, you know, with what's going on in Morocco in general. I want to remind listeners that this is the Seventh Avenue Project on KUSP. I'm Robert Polly, and today my guests are Fatah Abu and Mohamed Awalou. Uh, the co-founders of the group Azah, both are Emizirin, that is what most people out here call Berbers from North Africa, not Arabs, but uh, another culture that, in fact, was indigenous to that region and uh, still comprises the majority of the population in some countries like Morocco. So we're talking about Emizirin uh, music, culture, language, uh, and your stories. Um, you guys are both immigrants to the U.S. When did you come? Uh, the first time I came here, I came in '98, and I uh, I lived in the East Coast for uh, three years, mainly in Maine and Massachusetts. Very uh, different weather there, and after that, I went back to Morocco for a year and a half, and then I came back again to the East Coast. And one time, I just called Fatah, who was living at the time here in Santa Cruz, and I said, "Hey, you wanna?" continue what we started in back in Morocco we want to play some music and he said yes so I uh, jumped in the next uh, airplane I got here and we've been playing together since it's true and what? that was in like 2003 what, what about you Fatah well me I came to Santa Cruz and here I am you know I had a friend here you know when you go to a country where you don't know anybody the first place you pick up is just where there are people that you know mm -hmm. so and i i loved it in here and here i am i, I stayed in here yeah. you were both how old when you came um i was uh 27 uh, when i came there was a, i was 28 28 uh you two knew each other in morocco did you grow up together where did you meet uh Fatah and i met at the uh university of qadi ayad in marrakesh we were both at the uh, studying English, at the English department, and we actually met through uh, his cousin. His cousin was my best friend, and he was always telling me about this band that they have in Imin Tanut, and that most of the members of the band are actually students in, at the university. And one day he introduced me to Fatah and his brother and his uh, other cousins, and we started playing since, you know. Mm. This is your cousin, Mohammed. Yes. Um, I have a real stupid question for you guys. Um, there are so many Mohammeds in the Islamic world. I mean, so many people name Mohammed. How do you tell them all apart when you're talking about them? <laughs> Wait, the <their> last name. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you're right. I mean, the, 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 it's just the last name. <laughs> you know, actually, Mohammed is uh, the, the most popular name in the world. Uh, I believe you. Yes. I completely believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you um, if you guys can remember perhaps the first song you played together or something very early in your friendship. Can you recall that? And would it be possible to maybe hear what it sounded like? 
What do you think? You yeah, think we could we just play like that instrumental? Yeah, just play a little part of. Yeah, we can play a little bit of it. I don't know if you remember. That was like 20 years ago or something. But yeah, but yeah. Great. How did we remember that? <laughs> so something like that. <laughs> All right. So that was again Fatah Abu and Mohammed Awalu, uh, two longtime collaborators and fellow musicians and friends from Morocco who were interviewing today on the Seventh Avenue Project here on KUSP. I'm Robert Polly. And we haven't mentioned, by the way, you guys, uh, that you have a gig uh, coming up at Kuumbo, at Kuumbo Jazz Center yes. in Santa Cruz. Yes. That is May 28th? Saturday, May 28th, yes. At uh, 8 p.m.? 8 p.m., yeah. And people can learn more about that at kuumbojazz.org. Um, so I surprised you with that question, asking you to play the very first song that you guys <laughs> ever played together. Did you sure. compose that together as students in Morocco? Yes. Again, would you say that has the, the feel of um, Temazirt music? Oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in, in the sound, in everything, it's high to sing. That, that yeah, very high-pitched. Yeah, very yeah. high-pitched um, uh, song. It needs a lot of energy <laughs> to sing it, but um, it's just a little sample. We actually <laughs> didn't remember most of it, but um, we've been thinking recently that we should revisit 
revisit that music. You know, that that was ni- 1993 or 94, mm-hmm. so ah. that's a long time ago. Yeah. You guys <laughs> yeah. were in your early 20s then, I yes, guess. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all three pieces you played are just so, for me, emotionally affecting. Uh, I don't know the lyrics, but I feel a lot of hmm, deep emotion in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean... Um, Music in general. That, that's good to hear it's that. It's good that to hear people that, yes. like. I mean, they're very sweet songs. They're very touching songs. Yeah, because really, like when we play Fatahanai or even with the band Aza, we play a lot of music, a lot of songs, and people relate to them. That we if, because we, we we do a bad job at oh, talking no, about the lyrics uh. and <laughs> translating <laughs> all the, you know. I mean, we try. It's it's really hard, but. Uh, People just for some reason, even though they don't know the lyrics, they relate to these songs in a very positive and great way, and that's that's a, a, a great honor to us that people feel like that about our music. Well, I think it's 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 a, it's a tribute to your powers of communication in the music um, that I think we get something of the meaning even though we don't know what the lyrics mean speaking yeah. of which uh, what were the lyrics there in that last piece it's it's actually describing um a beautiful um horse saddle wow now yes. that i didn't guess yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so so yeah stand corrected <laughs> exactly so so that's that's actually what it's it describing and the, the beauty of it uh-huh. you know but um it's it's just it's actually talking about the beauty in itself you know, and and the amount of work that's put into producing beauty. What what, what inspired you to write about a, a song about a horse saddle? Uh, that question I would really ask my my cousin. <laughs> oh, he wrote <laughs> the lyrics. He wrote the lyrics, and we put the the music together. Yeah. I mean, he he was uh, part of Imdiazan of our band at that time, and uh, he's just it's just that way, you know. Um, and and f- it's so many times you ask him, he's kind of an eccentric guy. <laughs> you ask him <laughs> questions sometimes, and he wouldn't. Um, he would just give you an answer that's odd. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got the soul of a poet. Yes, he got the soul of a poet. No question about mm. it. Um, well, here's to cousin Mohammed. Sorry, yes. he's not here to talk about it himself. Yeah, someday. <laughs> How's he doing? <laughs> he's he's doing good. He's doing very good, and and he's um, has a, a, a little project uh, of rural tourism he really uh, is a true uh, cultural conservationist of of the tamazight uh, uh, traditions ah. and tamazight way of life a lot of people they go to the village and he has a guest house there where they um, experience you know the life of of Imazirn in the villages mm. so mm. Um, that's what he's doing and he's still writing you know lyrics here and there yeah well, well we talked a little bit about you both coming to the united states uh, in the 90s um so you got here before um, relations between the United States and Islam had deteriorated after 9-11, but you were here when that happened. Yes. Uh, well, how was that for you two? Um, I wonder what was your experience when that happened? Well, I mean, everybody, like the whole world was shocked at what happened. And for me, when it happened, I was right about to leave, to go back to, uh, to Morocco because it happened 11 September 11th and I left America for a year and a half October 13th so I write a month after that and actually back then a lot of people my friends were telling me oh Mohammed you're gonna have a really hard time at the airport because of your name you know your looks you know you can 
And I, I remember very well, I flew through, I flew from uh, Logan Airport in Boston through Brussels, Belgium. And there was this uh, Bel Belgian girl in front of me and they really searched her like crazy. Like you, like she got really frustrated how they searched her and her stuff. So uh, I got there and they looked at me, they looked at my passport. They still had the green Moroccan passport and they said, okay, go ahead. No problem. No problem. Oh, well, that's good. So I was <coughs> never really like personally affected by oh, what so, happened. So no backlash for you. No, I never had any experience in that sense, like, you know, never. How about you, Fatah? Uh, for me, uh, I, I would say the same thing. I lived here in Santa Cruz. I guess um, I always had, like, a, 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 you know, a network of friends and a small community of people that I, you know, and they're uh, all, you know, well-informed, <laughs> mm -hmm. very, uh, you know, aware people that really you know, now the differences and everything like that. So I really didn't... So flying and traveling, getting back and forth between the U.S. and Morocco, no it was, problem? Um, no, I never really oh. had a problem um, with that. No uh, Islamophobia directed toward you two? Um, not at all. Not at yeah, all? No. No, no. no personal experiences of a kind of anti-Islamic backlash. Uh, what about the images in the media? You've seen how Islam is often depicted in the American media, yes. or at least uh, the kinds of fears that are, like, you know, that are associated with with Islam. How, how how do you respond to that? What do you think of that? Well, my per this is my personal opinion and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I, the media's are instruments of politicians, you know, in, in, at large, you know, except for a few independent pockets here and there. Uh, of course, you know, everything that uh, would work in the interest of some people, they will jump and be all over it. We, we, we like to simplify because complexity hurts our brains sometimes, you know, and we like to just put things into boxes so that they can make sense to us. And any religion or any doctrine that's been there for thousands of years and thousands of years, it's not fair to just come and talk about it or put an opinion about it in uh, like few sentences. It's just not fair. You know, you really have to dig deep and be a scholar and not just believe whatever people say and things. And in every doctrine, in every throughout the history, there's always like an extreme size of it. There's always a moderate side of it. And there's always people that don't care about anything mm. at all. Yeah, I mean, it's very unfortunate that uh, a lot of the uh, image of Islam comes from the uh, the terrorists and all these acts that have been done in the name of Islam. But there is, I mean, there is the uh, peaceful Islam and there is, I mean, a great message in Islam. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of people who think they represent this religion are giving a really bad image. Some of the, the music um, you perform is influenced by Sufism, Sufi Islam. Yes. That's what people think of as the, the mystical branch of Islam. In Islam, yes. Are, were you raised in that tradition, you two? No. I mean, it's 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 around us. Uh-huh. Yeah, but... Um, it's, is it, it's common in Morocco. It is common, yeah. And it's all, um, you know, the, the threats of that, of the mystics of Islam. Um, like the Berbers, we have these uh, things that, like the zikr, 
you know, that here, all the people. Uh, and what's that? What's that mean? Zikr is like uh, the chanting, you know, like m- mostly the funny thing about the zikrs uh, or lethyar that are done in the Berber villages. At least I can speak about the, uh, my region is done by older women, mm. actually, and they are called talfaqirin. Faqir means like um, uh, a, a poor person, but actually means like modest person because that's one of the threats of, of uh, Su- Sufism in general. One of the threads is to be modest, humble. Exactly, mm-hmm. modest and humble. Why don't, why don't we hear an example, perhaps, of some of your Sufi-style music? Yeah, we can. Uh, do, maybe yes. some Ganawa music? Yes, definitely. We can and do. we'll talk about what Ganawa means in just a moment, but let's yeah. first hear something. Okay, yeah, definitely. Ah, 
مليو على برا وحيد شامت في كلام الله زلقت بيه الدنيا زلقت بيه الدنيا وزهقته وبقى مبرور تيتيني عاري عليك بابا يا باب الحبيب والله ما ننساك والله ما ننساك بابا ولا نقضي عرجك بابا يا بابا تنادي مولا لمنا بابا يا بابا تنادي وار لا إله إلا الله شفع رسول اللهم صلي على النبي اللهم صلي على النبي ما دامت الايام دايما اللهم صلي على النبي حياني حياني والهايما اللهم صلي على النبي حياني حياني والهايما اللهم صلي على النبي ويا معبود الله ويا الرحيم الله يا بسم الله ويا الهادي شو جعفر صفا يا ولاد وشجعة نمشي ونجي على الله حياني حياني والهايمة ويا الرحيم
Well, let me reintroduce you guys, uh, Fatah Abu and Mohammed Awalu, both uh, co-founders of the group Azah, based here in Santa Cruz, California, um, giving us both an interview and a kind of in-house concert on the 7th <laughs> Avenue Project on KUSP. I'm Robert Polly, and uh, let's remind listeners again uh, that you guys have a performance coming up at Kuwumba Jazz Center in Santa Cruz uh, on Saturday, May 28th. Yes, That's yeah. next Saturday. Yes, and uh, it will be at 8 p.m. More information at kuwumbajazz.org. Yeah. Also, you're working on a new CD. You have at least two with your group, Azah. Yes. Uh, you're working on a third, right? A third one, yes. yes yeah. um, what's holding you up? Uh, <laughs> finances <laughs> everything Exactly. Else. Because we do independent production, so we don't really have like a producer or anything. So we do our little thing as, as we go. So, and... Um, you know, making a really good product is it's, and we're very uh, kind of we like to have like really good product, like good sound and stuff. So yeah, the finances are we're we're, we're mixing. You know, we've we've mixed um, like few songs, like half of that's where you know <coughs> we we stopped. You know, we yeah. ran out and until. <laughs> but uh, if people show up at Kumba, they'll help provide. The funding for uh, yeah, completion of this CD. And the completion of the CD, yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the piece you just played. We, we were talking about Sufism, the spiritual, mystical uh, branch of Islam, and then Gana what's called Ganawa music. Mm -hmm. Was that an example of Ganawa music? You, it's, a, it's a mixture. This song that we've done right now, it's a mixture. It's um, well. W w First of all, let's say what Ganawa music is. What Ganawa is. music is. Yeah. Ganawa music is a type of music in North Africa that has its origins in the sub-Saharan countries and uh, in West Africa also. Mm -hmm. So um, it's uh, uh, people that were brought as slaves uh, throughout history um, to North Africa. So their um, culture and um, music got mixed up with um, uh, the culture of the indigenous people. So there is an inter- interculturalization mm -hmm. and it it was that s new style of music that's called Gnawa music mm. uh, you know most of them they were converted to Islam but at the same time they kept their traditions and they can have like a, a modified version of Islam that really um, 
that that suits you know the traditions because they could not give that it's like um and uh, everything that they brought from their homeland so there's a people known as Ganawas. Yes, as the Ganawis. So in uh, Ganawis? In Ganawis, yes. Ganawis. Yeah, the Ganawis. Uh, so in Morocco, there would be you, you would know if someone was Ganawi or if they were Amazir. Yes. Uh, you would yeah. know the difference. Yeah, definitely. Well, they are they are healers also. Uh-huh. I mean, the ceremonies that they do. But, but nowadays, like the Ganawi, like a musician who plays Ganawa music would be considered a Ganawi. And somebody oh. who like was brought up in that culture and just like learned all the songs they can conduct the what Fatah was referring to as lilas you know these healing nights mm. so now like a long time ago a Gnawi was dark black dark skinned from yeah. yes but now a Gnawi can be any color oh. and because oh. you, you know like it's been a tradition for that's been going on for some years that now people actually you can just you know, we know we know so many Gnawis that are like yeah, you know, fair skinned mm-hmm. because you become like a muallim, a leader yes. or a master mm. uh, through actually uh, they don't call you muallim until you really masters master their philosophy and master mm-hmm. all they have the heritage of oral uh, uh, music that's transmitted just orally mm-hmm. and it's like a huge repertoire and once you know that repertoire and you master the playing of the gumbri or santir. You know, the, the instrument, instrument you that is played. Playing. It's a bass. Yes. It's a bass. The strings are gut strings, and um, the 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 skin is normally from camel hide, and it's like a trunk of a tree, a small small tree, not carved. a big tree, carved, yeah. yeah, and like a stick. So yeah, it really looks African. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So so that instrument is very crucial mm-hmm. in in you know in in Gnawa music. Although there are other types that use only drums. Uh, other types of, of music so yeah then as Muhammad was saying you know then then you, when you master that you become a master uh, then you're really uh, you're called Ignawi it's not anymore as uh, like an ethnic ethnicity, ethnicity ethnic it's group. a tradition it is a tradition now oh that's interesting I didn't know that um, and is it Sufism? I mean, is the the religion there a kind of Sufism? Well, they the, the, they have a, a very um, similar line, you know, the, of spirituality, like exercising the spiritual side of their philosophy is through music. So they have a common thread in that. Then uh, they are all Muslims, mm-hmm. so they are more drawn to the. The Gnawis, the older Gnawis, they were more drawn to Sufi Islam because they found in it so many things that really uh, speak to them. The, uh, the 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 chant that you just sang together, um, you on playing Santir Fatah and you playing um, guitar, Muhammad, and then clapping in the later stage of it. That was a chant. That was a, uh, I heard Allah. I heard yes, Allah. Yes. So it was a religious chant. Yes. What other lyrics were there? Uh, it's it's all like um, um, it's spiritual uh, lyrics, you know, venerating God, you know, uh, and and uh, Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. also when they have. So, so I could uh, say it's devotional music. It's devotional music. Yes, yes exactly. it is devoted. Yeah. You know, it actually reminds me of uh, you know the gospel music, mm-hmm. like here. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the the African Americans they were brought here, and then they developed this 
music that's gospel music. So it's sang in the name of Jesus and God. So the same with the Gnawi. They sing in the name of Allah and the Prophet Muhammad. But it's also mixed up with all their, they have some deities, they have some ancestors, they have some angels and some jinns. But it's all in the name of whatever religion they, you know, converted to. Which just like the, uh, you know, the African-Americans. Have you two so, seen uh, gospel music performed here in the U.S.? Oh, yes, yes. yeah. You like it? Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, people, like, they go into trance, you know, it's just, and it's the same. Exactly. As if, like, these people are asking God and the Prophet Muhammad to actually, you know, free them from the uh, whatever injustice, you know, the, the people who brought them as slaves. So it's kind of similar, really. Do you two sing any political music? Uh, we do from time to time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not political until it's sang. So for us, like we just we write about life, but then, you know, it becomes political because everything actually is political. You know, like you sing about injustice and you sing about freedom and you sing about, you know, things that you want this world to be. Of course, it becomes political even if you don't want to, because there are some people are, you know. Demonstrating and writing for these same things that we sing about. There is a movement, a political movement for the rights of uh, Amaziran people. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is, is that something you've sung about? Uh, not in. See, both Muhammad and I, we have this um, philosophy. We we love the poetic imagery of of our culture or our music, so we don't really talk in a very direct way. Mm. You take the beauty of it, it, it becomes like prose or something. So we like to talk about something then people would be able to give it their own interpretations. You know, and I, we think that's a really good way of putting um, things. Even though, like for for me, for some music that I wrote the lyrics for, I have some ideas where I really, uh, what I wanted to say, for example, directly, but I would, Put an image to it, you know, like through that image, so that people would be able to decipher. Then that way, it's not really limited to a group of people. Some people can see something else in it. Mm. So we don't we don't uh, really talk about that like direct, right? Not literal. Direct way, not literal. Metaphorical. Yes, metaphorical. And our contribution uh, to the uh, the Amazigh culture and preserving it is actually continuing singing and and composing in that language and in that music so that's our contribution i i think that's that's a good contribution yeah it's an okay contribution <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing that the very first amazir amazir song or would i say timazir 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 because uh, the song in timazir is feminine Oh, it's masculine feminine. Yeah, so Amazir is masculine. Oh, like, a man is Amazir. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that the very first Temazirt, mm -hmm. what people out here know is Berber, the very first uh, Temazirt uh, music you probably both heard was, was probably lullabies when you were children. Is that possible? There is some of that, yeah. yeah. Do you know any really? lullabies? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, like, yeah, a little bit, you know, some, some a lot of. Uh, you remember any? Yeah, um, I'll sing one. Oh, fern vaitus, niras matrevit, in a yedam hadarait edorbe, 
وفيرنفايتوس نيراس ماترفيت إن يدا محضر هايته دوربي. So that's the one that you think to um, uh, when when women they hold the, the baby on their on their back trying to make them sleep. So mm. they sing they sing one of them like, like What's that. What's it that's saying? It's saying um, I found a sleepy person <sighs> and I was asking them what are you holding on your back and say me a really good um uh, Amhadar is a, a religious scholar you know for us and then I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to bless him mm. so it repeats like that so. mm. um, now I, I notice that there's yet another instrument in here that you haven't played yet Fatah it yes. is the one I called mandola you called it mandol yes yeah. mandol I think people might know this from European music. It's an eight-stringed instrument, uh, kind of the shape of a uh, mandolin, but long neck, bigger instrument than a mandolin. It's got eight paired strings, like a mandolin. Um, could you play and, and maybe sing uh, using that instrument? Yeah. Great. Definitely. Oh, I'm the Jabu Dairi. 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 Oh, I'm the Jabu Dair
Tell me about that song. That song is from um, the Middle Atlas. It's a style that's played in the Middle Atlas Mountains. And um, yeah, I learned it long, long time ago. And, and, and uh, uh, again, like all the songs we've been hearing today are in Temazir? In Temazir, yes. The, the language of the Amazir people or, or Berbers as they're known out here. Yes. Um, what was it? actually for the one that the Gnawa tune. The Gnawa tune. That was that in, was in uh, Moroccan Arabic. Oh, that was yeah. It did easy. sound different. Yes, yeah. Yes. So the the Gnawa chant we heard was in Moroccan Arabic. Um, what were the lyrics though in this one we just heard? Uh, it's uh, um, it's just a longing for a lover, you know, like a typical song wherever it is. Um, so that's <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> I sensed a little heartache in that one. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, yes. it has. It is a heartache. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank both you guys, Mohammed and Fatah. This has been really lovely. Learning about the music, hearing it, uh, and uh, learning that uh, Berber is the wrong term and Amazir is the right Amazir term. Is the right term. <laughs> uh, thank you for thank having you. us, Robert. Fatah Abu and Mohammed Awalu, co-founders of the band Azah. And Azah will be performing this coming Saturday, May 28th, at Kuwumba Jazz Center in Santa Cruz. That's at 8 p.m. And you can get more information at the band's website, azahmusic.com. That's azamusic.com. Or kuwumbajazz.org. This has been the 7th Avenue Project. You can find us on the web at 7thavenueproject.com. Robert Polly, your host here, saying goodbye. Until next week.